Hello and welcome to the podcast, The Lotus Eaters, for 17th July 2023. Day for once, actually. That was a bit weird. Anyway, joined by Carl. Hello. And Charlie. Good to be here. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the fact that there's a young girl out there with 50,000 pounds, still can't buy a house, uh, strike, strike, strikes, and Canada censors the news. So, um, are we the news? No. In Canada? No, because basically the question is, who do you hate more, Silicon Valley or journalists? <laughs> it's a tough call. So. Ninety-nine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, suppose I don't have anything to announce, so we'll get into the news. So, there's a young lady out there with fifty thousand British pounds sterling, and she can't buy a house still. And this has become a story in the BBC. And the responses I thought were quite funny, so I thought we'd just go through it mm-hmm. because it's a interesting circumstance. But start off, we're just going to promote something on LotusEars.com. This being Eric Zemmour's blockbuster speech. Um, themes don't like them. Uh, it was a good speech. Go and check it out. The full thing. I obviously. Thought it was brilliant. Mm. I really enjoyed doing this uh, breakdown of it. Yeah, the last bass man in France. Yeah, yeah. translated from French. So yeah. do go and check that out. It is very nice. It does it does also really crack me up that he's a Jewish Algerian man. But that they, he's like, no, look, we need to get rid of all foreigners and they don't know how to deal with it. I just love it. Who else will lead the far right in France? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jewish Algerian. Exactly. There we are. But we'll get to the story. So you see this blew up. This BBC article just says, I have £50,000 in savings, but I still cannot buy a house. And then there's a picture of some young girl. And um, Okay, before we get into this, right, I saw this headline going around, and I find that uh, not plausible, even in the current environment. Hard to believe. Mm. I, I, I can't um, disagree that most people looked at that and went, eh? Yeah. I mean, the responses, for example, someone says here, 50 grand for a 200000 or 250000 house should be more than enough. Yeah, I mean, most, most mortgages are like, you mean, like 5 or 10%, something like that. So she should be able to get a massive house for that. Yeah. Hmm. She also says, uh, someone else responds, she can afford a mortgage, just not one she feels entitled to. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. Someone else says, uh, they can buy a house, just not the one they want. Someone else says, uh, houses in the Northeast, you could buy one for 50 grand. Hmm. Like that. And uh, someone else went with, uh, try eating less avocados, obviously. <laughs> Ironic there. And, uh, Where the hell does she get 50K from, anyway? It's got to well, be her parents. She does have just stop oil physiognomy. Yeah, she does. so it's no That's surprise that she still feels sort of uh, more entitled than your average. Just because she's young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, where does a, where does a young person get fifty grand from? Yeah. She doesn't look like she's cut out for OnlyFans. <laughs> and I'm guess, and she does, as you say, she's got the sort of upper class just stop oil physiognomy. Mm. So I'm guessing, mummy and daddy gave her fifty grand, and she's like, "But I can't buy the mansion I want." Well, we'll am I right? We'll see. <laughs> so uh, my personal favorite response though was someone said, "Quick, import more immigrants." But we'll get into the story itself, because here's the deets, as you can see here, the article in question. We see the subject of today, um, our interrogation. Uh, this is Freya over here. God, she looks, she really does look like yeah. she's about to go and vandalize the Tate Modern, doesn't yeah. she? I mean, I will admit, before we go further, couldn't have picked a worse subject yeah, for, for trying to make the point about how bad the housing market is, but, but go through it. So Freya, 24, is just one young person trying to get on the property ladder with no end in sight. Where does a 24-year-old get 50 grand? Well, she may have been working since she's 18, saving every penny, live with her parents, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? Yeah, she looks the type, doesn't she? Mm. Well, she says, I was told by previous generations to get a good degree and the rest will sort itself out, but it hasn't. So that theory's already out the window. Yeah, okay, she's not working since 18. She's got a degree, so she's a uni student, right? Freya said some support from family. Ah, there we go. There we are. Meant she was able to get her own deposit, but high interest rates and a lack of affordability, livability properties meant that she was stuck paying almost half her salary on renting. No doubt. Of mum and dad. Yeah, well, no doubt she wants somewhere in London or some other city as well. So that's going to you know, make it And don't get me wrong, possible. 
I'm totally sympathetic to the cost of living, the house prices, and the mortgage crisis, obviously. There's just something about this. That is a bit odd. I mm. mean, um, yeah, Bank of Mum and Dad, I mean, we've been over this, actually, I think, uh, last time. And that was actually a significant option for if you want to buy a house, that is probably going to be where you're going to be going. Yeah. At 24, be optimistic. Although, side question, I mean, why not 24? Just why can't we build a society where people can buy a house at 24? That would be nice as a goal. Well, Instead of always being like, oh, what if it was slightly less worse? And it's like, and I'd love to have aspirations back in this country. I'm just saying, I'm sick of every single day being like, oh, but what if it, what if it was worse, but not as bad as you're predicting? <laughs> Honestly, back in 1992. Uh, I have the data. In the before times. Yeah, in the before times. Before Tony Blair. Can we play a game? Yeah, we can. Yeah, because I already know where you're going with this. Because that's. <laughs> 50 grand would have been the house. Can I just add, you know, what she said about the, uh, I'm sure you experienced this as well, Callum, being told that a university degree is, you know, the, the sort of one size fits all solution to all your problems. I was told that as well. I bet she's clearly got a great wrong. degree too. Mm. Everyone has been lied to. Um, don't go to uni. Waste of time. In fact, government today, I don't know if you saw, mm -hmm. but our tweet saying that one in five university degrees financially leaves the person worse off than if they hadn't gone. So you've got a 20% chance of being worse off financially. I think that's optimistic. If you don't you remember... Well, that's only, that's only negative. negative. <laughs> so like, there's another 20% where you're earning, oh, a whole grand more. Yeah, oh, brilliant. So, but don't you remember Tony... Well, of course you don't remember Tony Blair. Education, education, education. 50% mm. of people yeah. in university. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, but 1960. Average age of first-time buyer, 24. Mm -hmm. So there we are. Uh, average time spent to get the deposit was two years in 1960. Um, today it is five years. So there you have it. I mean, five years, that's, that's not as bad as I was expecting. That's the, uh, the average, I think, for 2011, actually. No, I oh, okay. Remember my statistics I was looking at. Um, yeah. Anyway, another time, perhaps, to have a conversation about could we have a nice country, but whatever. Um, she says here, she has a well-paid job as a scientific content creator for an educational games company, but said she cannot see how single young professionals are expected to buy without further support. I kind of hate this. Support, support, support. Just give me more support. No. You're the foreigners. Simple as. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but this is kind of my shtick at this point because it's true as well. Um, well, I mean, yeah, but like this is the whole thing, isn't it? You're letting a million people a year. No, but the whole thing is, like, oh, I just want more government money. Mm. Moreover, as well, you know, there's no maybe a husband in the picture, perhaps. No, but could I help mean, ease the burden. In in her defence, uh, it shouldn't be like she's got a good job. She's got fifty grand. She should be able to get a nice place. She says here, my salary isn't enough to cover the threshold to get a mortgage of £200,000, she said. Now, the idea she's going to buy something for 250 grand, um, bit optimistic, I would say. We'll get back to that. She says, although I work full time, I can't earn enough. I don't drink. I don't go out. I don't eat more than out than more than once a month and normally for a friend's birthday, which is all good news. I mean, most people who are bad with money smoke it away, drink it away, or gamble it away. So that's nice. Freya, who pays £775 in rent a month, excluding bills in her one-bedroom flat in Cardiff, said, I wouldn't mind renting if it wasn't so expensive for a property that often comes with a huge amount of issues. But she's right about that. I mean, renting oh, yeah. is absolutely bloody miserable. Oh, yeah. Um, she says in here, she said she often found properties in the Welsh capital were low quality, and a previous property she had uh, that she was living in, the ceiling collapsed, meant it was so cold I couldn't actually sleep. Well, she's not actually wrong about that. If we take a look at modern houses... I mean, oh, the decline's is, totally real. ...is totally true. Um, my, my thingy has stopped, John, so I'll probably just unplug that at some point. I don't know if my mouse has died as well now. There we are. Okay. I have no controls. I'm going to rely on John from here on out. 
So there we are. This is one thing. This is a Welsh building inspector who started making TikToks about how bad the country is. Oh, yeah. And, um, well, the good fun. So let's play this and enjoy the low quality housing. Hey guys, back again, starting off. This turf has been installed on top of soil pieces. Look at the state of these drain miters. They are shocking. This meter box is covered in excess mortar. This property's handed over. Could nobody clean that just before they moved in? Awesome job here, guys. This gate bolt doesn't line up to the key. We got an absolutely shocking finish to the mastic sealer on this front door. Look at the state of that. This brickwork is 14 millimeters out of plumb. The tolerance is four mil per meter. We've got a nice split to the edge of this door. Look at that, lovely. This newel post is 31 mil millimeters out of plumb that's ridiculous we've got a massive gap between the wall and the floor under these tiles look at that this shower wants to be a swimming pool by the looks of it we've got an extremely poor finish to the mastic sealer on this windowsill and how would you like your windows sir i'd like them all cracked please that window is cracked this window's cracked that window's cracked everything's cracked we've got an absolutely shocking finish to this patching that is ridiculous and what is this architrave upside down along the stairs just by the correct timber Anyway, that's just a fun little look at um, new builds. Um, Eastern European pride in British building. I'm, I'm, thank you for your work, um, Poles. Weird, you, weirdly, standards have gone down all over the place. Strangely, some of you weren't doing your best, because uh, why would you care? It's not literally for even your own people, never mind yourself. So there you are. So new builds just generally are crap. But we'll get some uh, numbers, shall we? Because she mentioned £775 a month. She said that was about almost half her income, so let's assume you know, it's 45%. So she's on £1,700 a month. That's £20,400 a year. £400 more than minimum wage. So no, okay? That doesn't really make sense. That she's considered herself well-paid. Uh, we'll ignore what she said then and just give her £2,000 a month. So that's £4,000 more than the minimum wage. It's still not a good salary, but there you are. Uh, if we go to the next one here, we can see more about this. Just a sideline about how British wages have gone to S. So in 2022, the most common full-time wage for work was thirty grand. So in 2023, it's about thirty-two grand. So that's a... 6% rise, but 10% inflation, so it's 4% pay cut as well. My point being, she's not actually in a well-paid job by her own standards. No. Uh, let's just assume that it's good for what she does. Maybe that's what she meant. Or she's just flexing. Maybe. But we'll go to the deals. Let's check out if there's any deals. She says here, a typical five-year fixed mortgage deal now has an interest rate of 6%, a level not seen since the last financial crisis. At eight. I mean, I saw a lot of boomers, for example, responding to the story with that part, saying, well, I used to pay 10%. In the before times, before foreigners. Yes. I used to pay 10% on a house that was 50% cheaper. Yeah. I have, I have a boomer we could go and have a look at. Probably more than that, actually. For this, um, a nobody, a former MP, not, not anyone with any power during that time period, Edwina here, just to tell us, all the baby boomers who are oh, now mortgage-free homeowners, oh, went through yeah. paying interest rates of 12, uh, sorry, 16%. It was normal. We didn't have much of a choice, but home ownership rocketed and we survived. Edwina. The average price of a house now is what, 300K? The average price of a house then was what, 50K? It's um, a percentage problem. I mean, there's a local children's entertainer who made a response to this. It was rather nice from a Mr. Rat, if we can get him up. <laughs> um, they were three to four times the wages back then. They're now 10 times, 20 times the wages. This is why everyone hates yeah. boomers, as you made at that point. 10% yep. on 80K is 8K. 10% on 200K is uh, 20K. Yeah. So, yeah. Why could this be? Why could this be? Well, let's go to the next. Link back to it and find out. Let's look at this graph, shall we? The number of homes available is down by a third, adding even more pressure to buyers. I don't know how that could have happened. Now, we can see here supply is um, down. Oh, well. Okay, but I'm worried about the... Uh, the demand bit. I'm worried about the Julia Hartley Brewer uh, <laughs> angle here. 
But it's like, Callum. Build more houses yeah. is not a solution. Just just concrete of every inch of this country. For who? Not the youth of Britain. The people who need the houses. Who are going, we need to have the houses to house these people. And then, the houses. when that doesn't stem the problem, we can just build upwards. Until yeah. eventually, it's just Somalians in the stratosphere. <sighs> Britain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree. I, I, I'm sure many people have noticed um, sick of the like Westminster response of just like, what if we build more houses? Mm. Like, yes. For who? Name them. Yeah, the incredible they, Tom Harwood take. I'm told something happened in the late 90s to cause that massive spike in demand. Are we? Yeah, oh, but that quote from earlier, you can uh, get a house in the Northeast for 50 grand. I thought I'd check it out because that's quite tempting. So we went to a right move and um, I looked up a few properties. This one just happened to be the most funny thing I could find for 50 grand. That's cute, man. That's nice. It's yeah. um, not a house, obviously. Oh, it's like an old church. It's an old monastery with no insulation, which Wood. you can... Uh, Move into for 40 grand then. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's awesome. Licensing. Anyway, my point being that my point, most of the ones my for 50 point grand. Being, right, that if, if you're a right wing Christian group, club together, buy it. And then live in the middle of nowhere in the Northeast. Yeah, rejuvenate local community. What do you want to do? Live in London? Yeah, I, I don't know what people are going to do when they move to this side Go of the road walks? monastery. Think of how many tower blocks we could build on those hills. <laughs> I was going to oh. say, it looks beautiful. You could go for a nice ramble, couldn't you? But I did find a lot of other properties as well. It's just that they were all up for auction. So that's not actually the price. Right. Okay. Because we don't know. But um, the entire youth of the South moving to the North, I don't think is actually a solution for a couple of reasons. Um, one, there's no job for them to go to. But number two, Northerners exist is my main complaint because it's cruel for the Northerners. <laughs> To inflict Southerners on them. Yes, sincerely. Because, I mean, they've got jobs and are trying to also buy a house and are having a tough time. Yeah. And then all the Southerners turn up and make their house prices skyrocket yeah. by immigrating to the North because a bunch of immigrants immigrated to the South and made house prices sky. I mean, it just seems mean. It is kind of just kicking the problem down the road. Where are the Northerners going to move to? Scotland? Don't do Get rid of the Scots. Anyway. But let's check out Freya. Because, um, I Probably a lot more Northerners than there are Scots. We've got a sort of Tibetan solution on our hands. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Right, another time, another time. Suddenly demographic displacement will become an issue. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go track out where Freya wanted to live because I, I did. And uh, I found Just this. Just a th quick thing there. You know there are more Pakistanis in Britain than there are Welsh? Yeah. Just There are just so, more Pakistanis in Britain than there are Welsh people. It's mad, isn't it? Anyway, sorry, carry on. No, I just want to <laughs> let that stay in the air for a minute. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, so back to Freya. How does Mark Drakeford feel about that? <laughs> Probably very positive. La Hukba. So we'll click on that second image there because I just looked up, you know, what does she want exactly? And there we are. There's, there's a house, it's got two bedrooms. Presumably she wants to get a boyfriend and live there on something, start a family. I mean, that's really not a, an extreme ask on her part, is it? 190 grand? Like for she, a... If she was asking for like a four bedroom detached mansion or something, that's I'd be like, okay, fair enough. Terraced house for people listening. Uh, two bedrooms, one bathroom. Listed as first time buyers. Look. Uh, nicely presented, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, it looks pretty reasonable, all things considered. Check out the financing. Um, it's not fun. So you get the next image on there, which is, um, I don't know, I think it's the one before, perhaps. Or maybe I didn't put it in here. I thought I did. The next, uh, next image, John, not the next tweet. Sorry, I don't have control because the things are broken. So I can't uh, do that. Next, not before. And uh, we can look at that. There you are. She's got a deposit. Uh, monthly repayments, £1,123 on an interest rate of uh, 8.45. God, that's a lot, isn't it? So um, 
you might think I'm a bit mad putting in that interest rate. Well, we'll go and check out the current interest rate. So if we go to the next one here, you can see those interest rates, the next link. And uh, there you have. So I use the SVR there, which is not true. It wouldn't be the first one you'd get. That's for people remortgaging, to be fair. So you can get it down to uh, £885 if you get the smallest possible uh, interest rate. But that's also five-year fixed and is going to go up. But with 44.25% uh, of the income on the mortgage, she would be spending. Yeah. Who's going to actually approve that mortgage? I wouldn't lend her that money. I'm not actually confident she wouldn't end up defaulting. Because she probably would. Because remember, when you take an interest as well, they also, also warn you, this could go up yeah. by another 2%. So be sure you could pay that. And she probably couldn't. So yeah, I actually am not surprised. She probably wouldn't be able to buy a house in the range she's looking for. But we'll go real quick to the next one here. Just this is a Telegraph article about why uh, demand. Just as a, a quick thing here. This is just a brilliant advert for marriage, though, isn't it? You can try. Get married, and then yeah. suddenly you can afford that house. You then have a kid. Um, she definitely better be staying home, at which point you can't pay the mortgage because she's not working anymore. You could try childcare, and um, good luck. But they say here about demand. So buy equity across the country has fallen 45% in June. That's good. It's good for houses. There we are. This is all just about interest rates have gone up, so no one's buying. Yeah. It's fair. I mean, they say here, Coventry Building Society is now not offering any two-year fixed mortgages. Zero. At zero, no percentage will they offer you one hmm. because they're expecting the market to completely be too risky. But we'll go back to Freya's numbers real quick because, um, as I mentioned, if we scroll down on this, I don't know if it has the details I put in. It does not. Never mind. Um, if it goes up by 3%, she's paying £1,100 again, even on the lower percentage yeah. we thought was on. So we've already lowered her expectations by 60 grand. We're not there. So um, what about a flat? Let's put her at a flat in Cardiff. You know, Freya, I'm here. I'm your, I'm your new estate agent, so pay me for this segment. So check this one here. There we are. Yeah. What's that? 85 grand for a flat. Pretty reasonable. Needs a bit of work, be honest. Sure, but... Go through the images. She's 24. She can... She's got some time in her hands. Hopefully. Yeah, it does need a bit of work. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> yeah. Flats? Kind of, this looks like it's a flat in Afghanistan. A lot of miles. The flats in Afghanistan were better. I can bet. Bathrooms are better. Never mind. There we are. It's also in um, not a great area of Cardiff. So there's that. Um, there are six options, though. She wants a flat with two bedrooms. So yep. This is just the first one I found for her. Um, the sec this was the third most expensive. Uh, second most expensive was only being sold to investors, so no. Uh, the first most expensive was for cash buyers only. Uh, the fourth and the fifth most expensive were retirements only, and the sixth was also only cash. Right. So that was the only one I could find for her in that price range. So we'll up her budget a bit. So here we go. This is for 130 Can we look through those pictures a bit, John? Because that actually looks quite nice. This is very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been able to actually find something here for her. No, nice stuff. Um, do you want to guess the catch? No, you have to take a refugee in with you. <laughs> Might as well. Um, there's 100 years on the lease, and then it reverts back to the person who owns the land. So you oh, actually... yeah, yeah, it's a leasehold. This is something I explained to a Serbian friend of mine who couldn't comprehend how we do apartments in the West. Yeah. So in Serbia, if you buy an apartment, you own the apartment. You own literally the air yeah, where yeah. the apartment is. yeah. yeah. And if the apartment gets destroyed by yeah, the disaster. It's like an ice core. You earn everything down to the center of the earth. Yes. They have to rebuild. And that air where your apartment is still belongs to you. Yeah. And the insurance company, for example, if your building is destroyed, has to rebuild your apartment. Yeah. So uh, we don't get that. Um, we don't actually own our apartments. You get them on leasehold. Mm. And um, that means you have it for 100 years in this case. Usually they're about 1,000 years, which means it doesn't really matter. But 100 is not great because as soon as it gets to one, it is worth zero pounds. So you're literally just burning money the longer you own it. Um, anyway, I've done enough house searching. Can't be bothered. Um, if anyone in the audience wants to marry Freya, um, go and find her a house, I suppose. Send her it and uh, 
there you are. You'll all live happily ever after. But in she Cardiff, seems to have rich parents. She certainly does. Imagine you could get some of that money. I'm just sort of advertising Freya as a partner now. <laughs> there we are. There's people in the audience who um, do with it, so go and try out. Anyway, we'll go to the next one here because um, house prices, I have a theory about why they might have gone up. I love the graph. I'm, I'm just having a guess. Because the, the thing is, like you can see on this graph, it only goes up to 400,000. And so to actually track in the actual number of migrants who have come into Britain since uh, 2020 to 2022, you actually have to go miles. And it, that's probably not even high enough, actually. It'd be about 600 grand. Yeah. In terms of foreigners, not money. But no, really, yes. I mean, if we go to the next link here, I mean, it just, it just goes on and on. There are reasons. I mean, that's it. Why is demand way up? We're not having any babies. And also supply is way down. Why? Who knows? Something so happened. Maybe we're in a bubble. I mean, a lot of those articles, for example, we're talking about perhaps we're in a bubble. The crash is coming. Soon yeah, I don't see how the crash is coming. House prices could go down 5%. Oh, and then you could buy one. That's 5% since last year, not since house prices went up 30% in two years. Never mind. Yeah, I'm not really convinced there is a bubble. No. I'm actually quite worried that nothing is going to happen. And house prices will just stay about the same because the demand is ridiculously high. All right, back to renting real quick because um, it's a W for the landlords that the house prices stay up. So, um, of course it is. Good news for you. Uh, here's The Guardian reporting the average monthly rent outside London is now more than a grand. Jesus. It's gone up 25% according to uh, uh, Hamptons. Cool. This is a two up, two down situation. I wonder why that is. Grand for that. 25%. Hmm. wonder why. Um, should we go for a single room instead? Because um, bugger buying a two up, two down. Or sorry, renting one. Never going to buy one. Let's go to the single rooms instead. Let's see how that's doing. Um, £700 a month on average. There we are. So, good luck, boys. Wild. Spare rooms data shows that rents have increased in the UK uh, everywhere. Uh, in Edinburgh, it's up 25%. Middlesbrough, 21%. And Manchester, 20%. And the rest of the country, around about the same percentages. And uh, I have to wonder why that happened, because that isn't the work of foreigners. Um, the demand side, yeah, somewhat, obviously. But who could have made the money worthless? <laughs> I'll just end this off as I usually do, which is the last one here. Just the inflation graph. There you are. Yeah. Since 2020, 25% of inflation. And in the same time, as they say, since the pandemic, so 2020, rent's gone up 25%. House prices have also gone up 25%. Only there was a reason why this could have happened. Number of foreigners into Britain has gone up by 100%. There we are. Sorry, Freya. Um, I tried my best of looking up in Cardiff what you could buy. And best of luck to you and your boyfriend who will come from this segment with a house offer, I presume. Go on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, um, that's that. Yeah, I saw that. A lot of boomers I saw were acting like, oh my God, what is she, stupid? Just buy a 250 grand house, like that first comment. And um, no, no, she can't. So things have changed. All right, then. Well, strikes, strikes, strikes. Why do we bother? If you get that reference, sorry. I love you. I don't get that reference, actually. Faulty Towers. All oh, right. Very good. I actually um, never watched any Faulty Towers. You should. It's very good. Oh, sort of, yeah. My dad would put it on. And I'd be like, oh, this is boring, dad. You should, you should try rewatching it. I'd recommend I mean, I everyone check it out. Um, I just expect you sitting at home watching UK Gold anyway. <laughs> I don't watch TV. Oh, yeah, true. I play video games. <laughs> so there are strikes going on up and down the country in, in lots of different sectors. Um, and I think this is just a general, yes, another symptom of the general decline of our country. So you can read Carl's very good article on this uh, phenomenon that we're seeing. 
Um, oh, it's so it's so palpable, though, isn't it? It really you can walk you can walk through the streets and feel. Yeah, yeah. Like with your one, the the the, the quality of everything. Things are in disrepair. The roads are in disrepair. Everyone's walking around like they're trapped in a nightmare, and it's just like God. How is this happening to us? Yeah, very depressing. Um, so yeah, I'm going to just cover some of the the strike stuff that's going. Some on. of the decline. Some of the decline. So real quick, have you seen Turd Towns? Uh, no, I haven't. Wonderful YouTube channel. Okay, it just goes across the towns across the country and shows how much of a turd they are. Mm. And um, he did one on Wiltshire recently, and Swindon oh. won number one, of course. Oh. Anyway, but he's just showing off footage, and it's just things you look at and you think, yeah, it really is visible everywhere after you check out five or six of his videos. Yeah. yeah. Did, I, did I show you the, the pictures from 2011? What, of Swindon? Yeah. Was it a different world? Yeah, it was. Totally different world. Were they English people? Yes. You've been kind enough to invite me into your town, so I don't want to be too rude. Well, no, yeah, no, 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 no. The... There is, in the last five years, there has been a noticeable <laughs> decline in Swindon. Yeah, like it used to be great. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, so um, I'm just going to talk about who is striking and when it's going to happen. But first of all, I mean, you've uh, Callum already talked about the um, average earnings in this country. So it's about 31, 32 grand is the average wage that most people are full time work. Yeah. yeah. So I want that to just our viewers keep that in mind as we go through this discussion. So, do you want to forget the next link? So teachers are striking. Um, they're demanding a 6.5% pay rise, um, and the government has already offered them 1,000 pounds in a one-off payment. Um, for this academic year. Um, so the average salary of a teacher is between 30 and 46 grand, which, I don't know, I mean, teaching is a very, obviously, very important profession, um, but it's not a profession that you get into because of the amazing money, you know, potential. I mean, I've um, become just totally radical on state schools. Mm. Like they're teaching a bunch of gender nonsense now. Yeah. We covered it the other day. It's like, no, I'm against teachers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How much do you want to pay that teacher who's screaming about cat gender? Yeah, I mean, nothing. It's, it is zero. Well, no, quite right. But if um, you're private, and you do a good job, have a billion pounds. Yeah, exactly. I want accountability through competition. Mm. Yes. Um, so, for, yeah, moving on, we have tube staff. Um, they're in a long-running dispute about pensions, job cuts, and working conditions. And you'll hear those phrases come up a lot because they are essentially the boilerplate strike reasons and have been for decades. Because um, it's very vague language because, you know, I mean, what does working conditions could literally mean anything. I chose to work in London. I yeah. love the tube staff, though. I mean, I, I don't know if it's the drivers, but the mm. drivers are the ones I love the most. Yeah. So at least like the teachers and whatnot, I can sort of agree because, okay, 10% inflation, you want 6% pay rise. Mm. You're still taking a pay cut. Tube drivers make an ungodly amount of money to drive a train. Well, <laughs> between 55 and 65 grand. Really? Yeah. Must be nice. It's one of the best paying jobs you can get to yeah. in the government. 32 grand during training as well. Well, they need to start thinking about becoming uh, diversity officers at the NHS, actually. Well, perhaps, yeah. True, so, but... again, they are, they're demanding a pay, pay rise. But, I mean, as you said, that's a fairly, fairly well-compensated line of work. It's just because they've got counts. great leverage. Because if they yeah. go on strike, the whole city just stops. Well, it's a natural monopoly, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the tube. So, anyway. Um, junior doctors, um, as is widely reported. So, they, these are not yet qualified to practice independently. Um, and they do account for about half of all doctors in hospitals in England. Um, so the BMA, the British Medical Association, uh, claimed that junior doctors have seen a real terms pay cut of 26% since 2008. So naturally, they're demanding a 35% pay rise. Um, bearing in mind that junior doctors earn about 58 grand yeah. um, by the end of their training. So I don't Not know the where they think that money... Well, the start of their training is about 30. I mean... To be honest with you, I'm mildly looking. sympathetic. Though. It's like, you know, they have taken a quarter pay cut since yeah. 2008. I mean, but who hasn't? Yeah. This has been done to all of us. And once again, you know, the factors involved in that, yeah. one wonders. Oh, we have been over this. Like, junior doctors have been particularly shat on, mm. especially compared to, like, Australia or Canada. Sure, yeah. It's similar, and it's just like, why not just leave as soon as you are qualified to be mm. a doctor? 
Well, yeah, the Peter Hitchens strategy. Uh, but yeah, they're demanding a 35% pay to rise. To be fair, it's not even the Peter Hitchens strategy for them. It's just the cold economic calculus. Well, right? Yeah, Australia and yeah. Canada pay way better. Yeah. Peter Hitchens is full-on Denethor posting. <laughs> yeah, that's very depressing. Uh, rail workers, um, again, pay, job cuts, disputes about working conditions and so on. Um, and there's various different areas of the of the uh, of the railway that are striking. So it's rail travel assistants who earn about thirty three grand, construction and maintenance opposite operatives about thirty five, transport operatives forty nine, and drivers fifty nine. Um, so once again, demanding pay increases um, and so on. Uh, nurses um, won't be striking anymore, but have striked because um, they have come to an agreement that they're going to receive a five percent pay rise. Um, and a one-off payment of £1,600 uh, from the government, earning an average salary of about 35000 Now, again, you know, the, the thing with the tra- sort of strike trade union conversation is they have such a dialectic advantage because it's like, oh, you, you, do you hate nurses, do you? You hate teachers. And it just doesn't, it's not a good, it's not a good look, right? Don't, don't make me say I do. <laughs> you don't, don't keep asking the question. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, again. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> is, is nursing a, a profession you get into for, for the money? I don't know. No, but to, again, to, they should be well compensated. Don't misunderstand. Why do you go me. to work? Yeah. yeah. Well, you understand what I mean, though. In, not, in their defense, they probably are getting screwed. Yeah. Well, I don't, again, I don't doubt it. And I don't, I don't envy, just a quick thing here as well. I, I genuinely don't envy having to work for the NHS, either, mm. especially at the sort of like, you know, mid level sort of things. Like yeah. That. Because every day you've got more and more people coming in who, you just don't have the resources to mm. deal with. And it will always, I mean, they're always complaining, oh, the NHS is being underfunded. It's like, yeah, but that is just what's always going to happen Yeah, while we're in the current paradigm that we're in. Mm. It just can't be fixed. I heard a story on the radio actually fairly recently. It was a nurse saying that she's quit and moving to Australia um, because she's NHS nurse. Yep. Uh, she came in one day and there was a man who had a rupture in his um, bladder to his anus. So he was urinating through his anus in horrific pain. And uh, he was sat there for eight hours and then died while she was at work. Jesus. She could have done nothing for him. Yeah. So it wasn't a case of like, I could have saved this man or anything. She doesn't have the resources to save him. So he died. That was his last day on earth. Sat in an NHS waiting room for eight hours. I don't uh, mean to laugh, but that was just awful. Yeah, it's horrific. And she That's... just looked at that and went, okay, I quit. Mm. That I was her last even... day at the NHS. I didn't even realize that was a thing that could happen to humans, let alone be a way that you could die. Yeah. Yeah, that's dark. Yeah, again, I mean, my, the purpose of this is not to come down on the people striking. Like no, no, I actually think it's a fair argument. Yeah, it's, it's a, just a symptom of yeah. a decline. You know, my, my girlfriend actually works for the NHS and she tells me about it every day, oh, the stuff she sees. It's unbelievable. Um, moving on, ambulance workers, same thing, essentially. Passport office staff, um, again, same thing. These are the Dem- people I genuinely care. Well, this is when we get to the civil servants um, and, you know, we're demanding a 10... Hell's yeah. own minions, yeah. <laughs> yeah. a 10% pay rise, um, better pensions, job security, so on. Um, they've been off the lump sum, um, but they're still going to be striking. Um, although some have planned, uh, paused the uh, planned strikes. All I'm saying, Rishi, is let me negotiate with the civil servants. Right? <laughs> I'll offer them 10% longer rope, okay? <laughs> um and finally, university <laughs> staff. Now, this one is personal for me um, because I've, I've just graduated, right? But I don't know what degree I have. I don't know what grade I have because my work hasn't been marked because they oh. are just uh, refusing to do so because right, they okay. are, again, it's about working conditions, so-called. Um, John, if we could just move on to not the ne- next link, but the one after. Just take this in for a moment. Look at this. this yeah, I think here. that all universities should be private. Yeah. So um, 
as I say, I've been personally affected by this. And it's, I mean, I had my graduation and they told us there will be people who go up onto the stage and take a certificate who will have to return the certificate <laughs> when the grades come out because they're not actually going to be graduating. So that's just absurd. And again, the... Not to mention the years before where they just didn't teach us. Well, exactly. Yeah. I was there for that too. They yeah. went on strike and there was no t-shirts. So yeah. Like, Why am I paying anything? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's absurd. Um, but again, the complaint is about working conditions. And I don't know about you, but I've... I've yeah, I've been oh, horrific universities. Years. Like the coal mines of old. I was going to say, it's not like they're going down into the mines, is it? You know, again, this language, it's just very vague. It sort of allows you to fill in the blanks. Um, but yeah, that's, that's very frustrating. And Anna McGovern's written a good article on this. Um, John, if you want to go to the next one. Uh, front page of fat feminist with blue hair. I know. Just, <laughs> I want you to bear that graphic in mind, by the way, that was just up on the screen as we oh, move yeah. forward. Um, so this is a good article. I'd, I'd recommend reading it because it does sort of sum up basically you know, how my cohort from university have been treated. Because it has, I mean, I'm not going to say we've had it really tough because it's university. Yeah. But, you know, it's been strikes, it's been COVID, and now we're not even, you know, I'm 50 grand in debt and I don't even know what degree I'm going to have. So, not great. I mean, even though it's not like a grueling physical exercise, mm. it's still totally unjust and shouldn't have been done. Absolutely, yeah. And again, the, uh, choose my words carefully here, the types that are defending the strikes and the types that are going on strike are exactly the types you would imagine. Let's just say. And uh, the next one is not, it's not uh, uh, happening in the UK, but I just thought it was kind of funny to include. It's the Hollywoods uh, yeah. strikes, actors and writers. Um, I was going to do a, a big thing on this at some point because I'm just in favor of the total destruction of this entire industry. Mm, as am I. I mean, again, I was going to say, I'm sure we all agree that the entertainment industry is a seedy, nasty place, but not because they're not getting paid enough. No, no. no. <laughs> it's, it's many, much deeper issues I, than I that. Saw, I saw, um, was that Adam ruins everything? Mm. Being like, yeah, we're going to fight the power in Hollywood. And I'm like, I hate you both. Mm. You know, If your representative is Adam ruins everything, yeah. you've lost my vote. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's very funny. I mean, this is the first time that actors and uh, writers have been on strike since 1960. So big news. I love, the, um, I love the, but the whole thing is, oh, we're we're withholding our labor. Oh, thank God. Yeah, thank God you're withholding labor. Yeah. How can we continue the state of nature? Effect? Can begin to heal yeah. at last. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. labor. Not even good writing. It's crap writing. Yeah. Well, exactly. And yeah. we'll, we'll we'll do a thing on it, man, because it's so funny that like the the writer from She Hulk was like. I only got paid $600 for this. Mm. You got paid $600 for that? I mean, just anyway. Yeah, you can't unreal. Um, but yeah, I mean, one of their complaints, it's, it's kind of interesting. They're complaining about AI taking their jobs, essentially. And, you know, <laughs> being able to use AI to resurrect dead actors. Someone needs uh, to learn to code. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well put. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, moving on. Uh, I thought I would just run through very quickly this, this sort of schedule for July just to communicate the scale um, that we have here. So 3rd of July, we've got the train, train drivers unions beginning a six-day overtime ban. 5th of July, teachers in England be uh, begin a uh, first two days of strikes. Um, July the 7th, um, again, more teacher strikes. The 8th, the final day of the train strikes. 13th, five-day strike by junior doctors. 20th, rail workers... Um, Begin three days of national strike action. 22nd, um, again, more small rail strikes. This is a quick thing here. John, can you, just... can you go back up to the text at the top of this? I saw the name Mick Lynch in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and this is, this, this is the thing. Like, okay, it's not that they don't have a legitimate concern, but I do hate these persistent communist yes. busybodies. Opportunists. Yeah, opportunists yeah. who are constantly behind all of these things. Well, I'm going to get onto that. Oh, happens. okay. Sorry. sorry. Um, so, yeah, moving on. I do want to sort of talk about... I really want to ask, ask Mick Lynch, just, Mick, what's a woman? Yeah. I want your definition of a woman. Oh. Would be very interesting. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting. It's okay. Well, I mean, 
before we go on to that, I do just want, you know, the sort of the tone, the, the kind of aesthetic of strikes and labor unions has changed a lot since, say, the winter of discontent, which is something else we're going to talk yeah. about. If we look at the, uh, the next image here, now contrast that with the, the, uh, the university graphic I showed you before. You know, sure, these, these are people with a legitimate concern. I'm sure, you know, there was debate over the time. But these are at least sort of respectable Englishmen, right? Or, you know, or, or Welshmen or, and so on. Um, now, I mean, James Burnham observed in the managerial revolution that, like everything else, trade unions have been, they've um, been kind of overtaken, um, there's been like a kind of coup happen by a kind of managerial elite, which are very different. There's a turn I'm going to, uh, uh, a quote I'm going to read out. The, just as a quick thing, do you know what the average union member looks like now? <laughs> I, I, I looked guess. this up a while ago. Mm -hmm. So it's a 40 year old woman. Yeah. Yeah. And that's funny. If you look at pictures of strikes, you know, if you just search strikes and look at images, it's, it's mostly women, which is kind of interesting. Um, but Burnham says that within the huge trained unions, a similar managerial officialdom, the labor bureaucracy, consolidates its position as an elite. This elite is sharply distinguished in training, income, habits, and outlook from the ordinary union member. And I think that's, I mean, that's spot yeah. on. There is this kind of, a kind of managerial elite above the, the members who are very different. And actually, I, I do have a, an anecdote about this. I know a fella <clears throat> who shall remain nameless, who is a trade union activist now. Um, and, you know, he's very, very vocal about all this sort of thing. But six months before he got into that, he was writing for Turning Point UK. So he's quite, he's a sort of soft-handed opportunist, very different in, in just, you know, personality to guys like this. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, although that's only a single anecdote, I expect that there is a, you know, but it's probably indicative of the wider culture of the trade unions, that there is a, you know, the, the people who occupy the elite positions are just a, an entirely different type of person to the membership, you know? Oh, well, I mean, the membership now is mostly women. Yeah. So not that different. Well, to be, okay, to be yeah. fair, maybe it's not that different yeah. because it is, you know, the, the top brass, I do get this kind of HR vibe off them. Oh yeah. It, but then if all the members are HR, maybe they are represented. Well, no, but that's, that's the thing. And the, the thing I'm most concerned about is them appropriating the use of the term labor. Yeah. Like, sorry, these guys probably actually did labor, yes. like f actual labor. Yeah. You know, we've, we've arrived at the sort of hyper reality of a Hollywood writer's strike. Mm. Everyone's like, my labor is sending emails all day. Yeah. You are literally just employed just so you're not on benefits. Mm. Okay. And of <laughs> like, course, this is the case in a lot of things, but it just seems like they're LARPing as yes. these guys, basically. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. They love the aesthetic of this, but they are soft handed university educators. Well, that's the thing. This whole thing feels like a giant LARP. Yes. Right? It's, it's not that they don't have, like, mm. you know, with the doctors and teachers and whoever, mm. it's not that they don't have a genuine concern or a grievance. I'm yeah. less concerned about the tube drivers, but, you know. Mm. But the whole, the whole thing is kind of embarrassing and it makes me cringe. Yeah. Say. The modern strike has the vibe of a pride parade. Yeah, I think in many ways. But anyway, I mean, the most obvious comparison with what's going on in England at the moment is uh, the winter of discontent, obviously. Um, and you know, viewers may or may not know about this, but I'll just run through some quick oh, it was information really, it was, about it. It was bad. It, it sounded rough. I mean, yeah. you know, I didn't oh. live through it. My dad lived through it. And he yeah, told I was me about gonna it. Say, I, yeah. This is why my dad has just been a. He just totally voted Thatcher. Yeah, because he hated Labour so much. Yeah, because Labour absolutely ruined the country. Mm. Yeah, so enormous numbers of private and public sector well, trade unions. Conservatives now as well. Sorry. Well, naturally, yeah, um, yeah trade unions uh, striking on you know on a, an enormous scale because they were demanding pay rises greater than the five percent limit imposed by James, James Callaghan's Labour government. Um, so just a few uh, a few of the horrors. So there were strikes by grave diggers that left unburied bodies just piling up. Um, strikes by refuse collectors left the streets filled with rubbish, and that's kind of the most iconic imagery for, of the time. Just these streets where that yeah, is yeah. just 
you know, I don't know what even to compare it to. It's just a vision of hell. Well, it's just um, like some sort of Brazilian. Some third world yeah. backwater, you know. Um, NHS strikers blockaded hospital entrances, meaning that only emergency patients were treated. Lorry driver strikes uh, led to... Not even emergency patients being treated now. Yeah. Pe- well, by all accounts, people yeah. dying in their own uh, fecal matter. Lovely. Um, so lorry driver strikes led to supply chain disruption, rolling blackouts, and it was, you know, homes left unheated during you know, a particularly severe and nasty winter. And also mass panic buying. Um, and Callahan sort of remained in denial of all of this to the bitter end. He came back. He'd been swanning around, you know, on, on, on planes to some, some conference. And he came back and said, there is no mountain chaos in Britain. You know, just in complete denial. And I think that does have, there is a similar sense at the moment that the Conservatives are just in denial about what's actually happening oh, yeah. in this country. You see Rishi Sunak, like, I'm gonna, we're going to have a barbecue yeah. to raise the morale of the Conservative Party. Yeah. It's like, don't bother. You're, you're, you literally condemned men at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Did you say that you went to see Buckland, didn't you? Did you say it to him? I'm like, looking forward to the next election. No, I mean, if he does another surgery, I'm definitely just going to go in and be like, TikTok, TikTok. Help. Mm. People who don't know, I went and saw the MP on the weekend and asked him about legal immigration and illegal, and his solution was that we have to deal with it. Yeah, I'm not voting for him. My solution, the poll numbers, Robert. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to be a bloody MP anymore, Robert. Yeah, so yeah. I've been yeah. working with reform here to get him out. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, in that time, obviously, Callaghan's government fell to the... There was a no-confidence vote, and then Thatcher's government yeah. came in and was able to re-establish order oh, yeah. and stability. You know, there's yeah. no, I'm, I mean, I'm not a great fan of Thatcher, but there's no denying that she was the necessary force at that for, time. For the time, Thatcher would have seemed brilliant. Yes, no doubt, yeah. Um, but the situation we have today... Has, this has all come about under a Conservative government. I know. There's not even the excuse of, well, it was under Labour, so what do you yeah. expect? And the Conservative government that has caused all of this is going to be replaced by a Labour government. I know. And the thing is, the Labour government is going to be more right-wing than the Conservative government. Well, we can only hope. No, but it, it is. It's like Keir Starmer, everything that he said so far, like the, the, the two-child benefits cap, mm. but that's, that's more right-wing than the Conservative government. Like, said yes, but I mean, again, you look sure, at that, I mean, you, I, you look at the new Britain doctrine. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I know, I know, it's awful. Mm. But the thing is, the Conservatives have just been doing that anyway. Well, that's true. You yeah. know, and so it's, I don't think the Labour Party are actually going to increase immigration beyond what the Conservatives have done. Yeah. Not well, that I want the Labour Party, obviously. Yeah, but we just, can only hope. It's just, you can't make it any worse. Yeah. So, the most left-wing government I've ever seen in this country. I mean, most left-wing government that I mean, we've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere. And we had Atlee set up the bloody NHS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. But anyway, Britain is, uh, Britain's crumbling and collapsing and, uh, well, things can only get better. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, but they used to say that in Swindon 10 years ago. Well, no doubt. Things got way worse. Oh, God. It's good news podcast, this. <laughs> Actually, I do have some good news for you. Uh, Canada has just decided to censor the news. Probably a net benefit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who does that mean? Yeah, what does that? Journals. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, Canada has decided to implement legislation that will crush journalism in their country once and for all. When At we least. say journalism, what do we mean? The actual journalism or the joke journals? Oh well, you can you can use it as you like because it's the whole class is going to get absolutely annihilated by Trudeau's government. <laughs> I didn't see it coming either, but uh, suddenly. Uh, I, I better not make too many jokes, but good for Trudeau. Before we begin, uh, go and watch my latest uh, like think piece on lotuses.com, uh, why ideology is theology. I've been spending a lot of time digging into the philosophy behind 
just all of this and just trying to figure out what ideologies are because nobody's actually really any good at defining them and what the alternative is. And there's a reason why the abstract doctrine of an ideology takes on the aspect of a religion where compared to the lived political traditions of a society, which of course change with the needs of the people at the mm. time. And actually I think it's useful to have this spelled out so you can realize why when someone says, I'm a, I'm a Nazi, I'm a fascist, I'm a socialist. It's like, you live in the 21st century. You are actually none of those things. You may as well claim to be a Polish winged hussar. Mm. You are not these things. You're an idiot. Anyway, let's move on. So, Canada's Online News Act can only be good, right? Uh, in French, Law Soir, I can't pronounce that. Uh, commonly known as Bill C-18 is a federal statute that requires internet search engines to pay Canadian news online news companies to link to their websites. We've heard this before, haven't we? Isn't this in the EU? Yes, we're going to get to it in a minute. And that's how we know this is going to fail. That's how we know this is going to crush journalism under the bureaucratic heel of the now virtuous Canadian government. <laughs> what I love about this is there's, in fact, the, the ideology thing does play into this because you've always got, it wasn't the Milton Friedman position. So look, you can claim whatever you like, but reality is going to end up being different. And this is precise. This is such a good example of that, right? So the goal of the law is to enhance the sustainability of the Canadian digital news market. Instead, they are crushing the Canadian digital news market, which I'm all in favor of. If we can just crush every other digital news market, then we can just rely entirely on Twitter for our news, uh, and that will actually improve the quality of journalism. That's not even a joke. No, that's sincere. That's, yeah, it's totally true. You know, that's how good it's gotten in terms of I can actually trust people now. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Like, I mean, the community see. notes is just so good. Mm. Like, and, and it's also quick information that's not filtered through a particular ideological prism. No, so, you filter it yourself. Exactly, you filter it yourself. And it can be fact-checked by literally hundreds of thousands of people. It's such... It's the future, and uh, old news needs to die. So thank you, Canadian government. Right. So the, the primary component, as they say, of Bill C-18 is a provision that allows eligible news business, as in that's not you, is it? You know, we wouldn't be an eligible news business, uh, to initiate bargaining with a digital news intermediary. So basically, they, they want the Canadian government to be the union for the uh, house Canadian media. Regime-approved Canadian. Regime, yes. The Uncle Toms of Canadian news, Rebel News probably not getting this sort of representation, uh, in order to essentially leech money out of Google and Facebook for using their links on their website. Now, you might, for anyone who doesn't understand the digital news economy, think, hang on a second, aren't Google and Facebook doing the digital online outlets a favor by putting their links on there? Because what they're doing is driving traffic to monetized websites. So a click on that is a penny for whoever they've got clicked on. So you would think, actually, you would do nothing in your power to reduce the amount of uh, traffic that is going to be funneled by Google and Facebook to these websites. Seems reasonable. Yeah, it seems reasonable. Because no, everyone in news media is high on coke and always wants more. That's right. And they've got access to Trudeau's government. And therefore, that means they're going to crush them instead. It's brilliant. Because, uh, they, I mean, they literally complain. Look, there's... A, there's an asymmetric bargaining position here. And so in response to the law, uh, Meta and Google stated they're just going to block all Canadian online news content from their services. So that's zero clicks that they were getting from Facebook and Google. Again, a net benefit for the West. I know, <laughs> right? It's a, who knew Canadian, uh, 
Trudeau is such a patriot. Based Trudeau. Yeah. So if we get to the next one, this is the actual uh, online news act itself on the Canadian government's website. Uh, and again, listen to the language, right? It's like the online news act will ensure that fair revenue sharing between digital platforms and news outlets, and it will provide for collective bargaining. It will promote voluntary commercial agreements. Voluntary commercial agreements, you've made it law. There's nothing voluntary about this, you liars, right? And again, I don't want to defend Silicon Valley. Like, oh God, I've got more reason to hate Silicon Valley than almost anyone else, right? There are, there are only, literally only about a dozen other people who have had it worse than me than Silicon Valley, right? And so, and you know, fair enough, they've had it worse, but you know, I've still been punished. Uh, anyway, and so they, they say, oh, look, we've got these great expectations. And they actually outline the expectation, the expected outcomes of the legislation. Once implemented, the Online News Act is expected to result in a flexible regulatory framework that facilitates fair business relationships between digital platforms and news outlets. The sustainability of the Canadian news ecosystem. I hate the Canadian news ecosystem. As much as I hate every other news ecosystem, including the sustainability of independent news businesses, as well as indigenous and official language minority community news businesses, and support for innovative business models. A diversity of new businesses, news businesses within the Canadian news landscape that provide service to different populations in every province. Again, this will not include rebel news, right? And of course, it will maintain press independence. That's right. The most independent press is the one that's being negotiated on behalf of by the government. Mm -hmm. There's no more independent press than that. And of course, they've got a little eligibility criteria for news businesses. Uh, so it has to employ two or more journalists and adhere to a code of journalistic ethics or be run by indigenous people. And so, yes, Meta's response we go to is just say, no, actually, uh, we won't do that. This is their statement. If you go to the next one, John, uh, we're confirming that uh, we're not doing this and we warned you that we're not doing this. And so we are just pulling all, um, they say, we are literally. Um, just pulling all news content. And the thing is, in this Facebook point out, they've previously warned, look, the Online News Act is flawed legislation that ignores the realities of how our platforms work and the preferences of people who use them and the value we provide to news publishers. And unfortunately, I have to side with Facebook because they are totally right. Like, I would love for us to be on, like, the list of things that get shoved into people's faces. Despite the fact that, obviously, this uh, little graphic on the right here is a dystopian vision of hell. You are yeah. right that Meta are in the right here. Yeah, I mean I, I obviously I hate Facebook. I hate Google. I hate San Francisco. Why is all of their cartoons so low quality? Just a side note, like everything Meta makes is just yeah. hideously I don't know. Mid noughties. <laughs> yeah. 3D Animation's awful for a company with billions. It is weird that the uh, the metaverse was the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like it looked worse than Lawnmower Man. Have you ever seen that film? Lawnmower Man. How's that? Look it up. Average Zuma comment. Big Second Life. I haven't played Second Life. No. That was basically what the VR was, except worse and with less plugins, because obviously Second Life's been going for ages. What is it? It's a virtual world where you dress up as whatever you want and you pay real money for this. I dress up as whatever I want in the real world. Yeah, you can't dress up as Kermit the <laughs> Frog. With correct portions. I bet that if you Google it, you can. Uh, anyway, Google's response was uh, pretty similar. If you get to the next one, it's like, no, this is unworkable. The government has not given us reason to believe that the regulatory process will be able to resolve structural issues with the legislation. As a result, we've informed the government that we've made the difficult decision that when the law takes effect, we'll be removing links to Canadian news from our search, news, and discover products. We'll no longer operate Google News Showcase in Canada. 
great. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's a win. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I take that as an absolute win. Uh, now, we're, we're disappointed it's come to this, but uh, we're not going to back down. This. Because this has just been an attempt to just siphon money out of Silicon Valley. And don't get me wrong, I want to siphon money out of Silicon Valley too, but I do hate Canadian journalists. Mm. Uh, and it's not just Canadian journalists, but we'll get to that in a minute. So anyway, if we go to the next one, this uh, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, we're like, um, this actually seems to be hurting our own uh, domestic news ecosphere, as warned that it would. Uh, David Beers, the founding editor of The Tie, an online magazine, said, Meta, the colossus that owns Facebook, Instagram, and Threads, as if anyone's heard of that, uh, <laughs> flexed its muscle, at the, and we at The Tie felt the sting. This represents a truly weird and pivotal time for digital news publishers in Canada and other countries who are considering similar moves. The outlets say they know the, they know the restriction is coming, but at the same time are dismayed as critical emergency information about the province's increasing wildfire threat, wildfire threat is now not being shared widely on social media, where many people would access it. So that's one complaint. The other complaint is we're losing lots of money, mm. because you are losing lots of money. And yes, that's true. And this is what the Canadian government has done to you while saying, hey, we are operating your best interest. This is a genuine like political failure from the Canadian government, because I think oh, yeah. we can recognize that Google, Meta, and the Canadian government, in Schmittian terms, are friends. Like, no oh, yeah. doubt about it. Oh, yeah. And the Canadian government have just said, you know, has just uh, yeah. stabbed both of them in the back, essentially. It's, it's a weird sort of nationalistic move from the Canadian government, yeah. isn't it? It's like, no, no, our, our homegrown indigenous uh, media is more important than, uh, than you. Mm. And Google, like, actually, is it? Uh, base Blair is bad enough. We're not having base Trudeau. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so this is what it looks like. We'll go to the next one. Uh, so a lot of news media, uh, like CBC, in fact, themselves, uh, obviously promote their content on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, and now they don't. <laughs> so the Canadian taxpayers, as Rowan's pointing out there, uh, paid $1.2 to the CBC annually and can't even see their own content. Very good. If only we could get that from the BBC. You reckon the Labour will do it? Because they, they will see this and be like, hang on a second. God, I wish. We can, we can try and get money out of Silicon Valley. I don't this- know. Sorry. I don't know if you have an update on uh, the EU stuff, but I looked up whilst we were... Oh, yeah, yeah. But go on. Okay. Um, I, well, if I, I save it, because I, I, yeah, I, I know where this is going, in fact, uh, because we, we have been here before. Um, but yeah, isn't that brilliant? So going back to the, uh, the CBC article, um, the uh, Premier David Eby said in a statement that Meta's decision to cut off news access for many people in British Columbia who use the social media sites is unacceptable. It's like, well, you literally told them that you're going to start extracting money to do it. And they were like, we don't want to do that. And they gave you plenty of advanced warning. And then you did it. And then they did it. And you're like, well, that's unacceptable. They're a private company. Yeah, they can do what they want. Exactly, right? (laughs) But then they're like, well, we're we're not going to advertise on Facebook then. It's like, great, so less taxpayer money is being wasted on Silicon Valley megacorps. being wasted on Facebook? Great question, right? But that means, yeah, I mean, literally billions of taxpayer money, uh, dollars in Canada, if that isn't real money, uh, is being given to Silicon Valley. And the people in Canada don't have to be exposed constantly to BS propaganda. This is just wins all around, right? And the thing is, this was ridiculous and doomed to fail from the start because... This is a dance that has been danced with Silicon Valley and national governments before. Uh, and Google and Facebook have already won this battle in places like Australia. Uh, as Vox reported, like two years ago this was, uh, less than a week after suddenly banning news links for Australian users and shutting down Australian news pages to protest not coming more, Facebook got, had reassurances from the Australian government that it won't be forced to pay publishers. Took a week. 
It shows you the phenomenal power that they have, though. Yeah, it does. But it also uh, shows you how to fight tyranny. Like, oh. in this case, someone just came to you and said, well, you owe everyone else money. Well, no, I don't. But yeah, you the, do. But you know, no. We're providing a free service that helps out the journalists in your country. The people who come and buy bread from your bakery, yeah, you owe them money? Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm sure I'm down the bakery then. Go to hell. Again, I, as of all the people I don't want to defend, Google and Facebook are really high up on that list. But the, and it, these are like, you know, progressive initiatives from these local, from the government, local governments, from these regional governments. And I just really hate them. And they're just wrong on the face of it. But, um, but anyway, obviously they've rolled this back in Australia. And so Facebook are like, right, we'll turn on the tap again. You know, your, your local media can start making money again. Now, there are people who have been like, well, doesn't this tell us about the warning of all the centralized content? It's like, yeah, we've been saying this for years, but you weren't listening. So what does it mean? Anyway, moving on as well, Google won this battle in Spain too, because apparently uh, last, uh, no, 2021, uh, Google News relaunched in Spain because, of course, the Spanish government were like, okay, fine, we will not try and extort you like, you, like the Australians and the, uh, the Canadian government is doing. And again, this is exactly the same, exactly the same. Uh, Google, the Spanish government were like, hey, you're going to have to pay us. And Google said, no, we don't. No one's heard of Spain. Goodbye. <laughs> Turned off the tap. And eight years later, the Spanish came crawling back to Google saying, okay, you don't have to pay a theme for Spain's entire media industry and uh, you can negotiate on an individual basis. That's the key point. Yes. And uh, that was the thing I found when we were looking out. So the European Copyright Directive was passed. And yep. what happens in the EU, specifically Germany, because it's basically just Germany, it turns out, I was reading here, that the uh, companies did end up signing, specifically Google, to pay more than 300 publishers within the European Union for their content. Two-thirds of those publishers are all German. Of course they are. And obviously the vast majority are state-run. Of course they are. That was... So they did actually lose in one instance, at least, the German. Well, the, the, this uh, is more a sort of, um, sort of a backhanded deal, really. Like, look, we will pay your little pet house media, you know, a small amount of money, and then we don't have to pay everyone else anything. There is something slightly more going on here. At least there's been argued from the circles I've seen as to why they went through with this. Go on. I'll just end this off with one more fact being that France fined them 500 million euros in 2021 for not paying French media, state-run media. Did they pay it? I presume they did. It doesn't tell me in this article in front of me. But there was an argument at the time, the reason the EU actually went with this is not because anyone cares that this is moral or immoral or corrupt. That's business as usual. The argument from the EU is, why have the damn Yankees got all the Silicon Valley? Why don't we have some of that? We're a pretty advanced oh, yeah. set of economies. If we, you know, blah, 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 the EU altogether could be and they, they the were, United States. They were totally upfront about saying it. Yeah. It's literally just jealousy. But it's, it's also kind of geopolitics in the sense of what if we set up some trade barriers in this form and in that way start incentivizing tech to be built in the European Union instead of all being in Yankeedom? That's and why we're all using the German version of Twitter. Well, it seems to be the case, at least in Germany, that Google went, well, we can't have that and did back out and then just pays the money because it's easier to get rid of that trade barrier to maintain the global dominance they have. But with Canada, well, they're not going to compete. No. So, yeah, just screw them. Turn off the taps. Yeah, you are going to win that one for sure. Yeah, well, Google and Facebook are definitely going to win this because, like I said, we, we've danced this dance before, and there is just simply no chance that Canada is going to um, be able to put enough pressure on Google and Facebook to capitulate. So this will be uh, rescinded at some point in the near future, 
And it was a really stupid thing to do because it's just going to hurt your own domestic media as the CBC had to report. Good for the video comments. There are none, so we'll go to the written comments instead, which are totally different. Anyway. <laughs> do you want to read them or we do each? You can do your own segments. Yeah, do your own. So Terry Wharton says that my dad sold his motorbike to get the deposit to buy his four bedroom <coughs> terraced house in Greater London for £1,500 in 1955. Must be nice. He sold a motorbike for a deposit on a house. Can you imagine how good your motorbike has to be for that to be true today in London? I don't know if there is a motorbike good enough for that to be true. I think the average deposit in London, if I'm recalling correctly, was around 100 grand. Jesus so, Christ. To buy a house. Yeah, yeah, but that, I mean, I would expect to pay 100 grand to buy, if that's your, like, your first house. Just the house is 100 grand. It but there, to be. there is a side point we didn't really get into enough with that whole new builds being crap. Mm. They're not worth it. You give me this new build for 300 grand. Oh, look, this big house for <coughs> 300 grand. That's oh, just steel because we've just built it. Yep. But it is crap. Mm. And we've been over like the, the bathrooms aren't sealed, for example. So you just end up getting them leaking. Or here's your nice, <laughs> lovely front lawn. And as you showed, it's just full of rocks. There's no actual earth under there. So the grass dies a couple of months after yep. you brought the property. Yeah. Or there was another one where they had, what was it? The access point to the drainage under the grass. So once there was a blockage, this guy found out that that happened because the blockage people came around and dug up his garden to get access to the whatever. It's just... It, they're not worth that money. And also, there's, the face of it. there's loads of new builds where I live in Kent, and they they are just they look horrible. Like there's such a blight on the landscape, like these kind of IKEA esque, yeah. just identical rows of the same houses. But it's it's not even that they look the same in the architecture and everything else, which mm. is totally a valid complaint. It's yeah. it's that the, the actual functionality outside of plum. Yeah, that chat mentioned for quite a lot of it. But Baron von Warhawk says she claims she cannot afford a house due to rising house prices. However, she also seems like the kind of person who continues to vote Labour in order to be able to bring hordes of immigrants. Yeah. Uh, well, she's a 24-year-old rich woman. I don't expect her to have I don't think she's rich. I think she's come from a middle-class family, right? Um, but the... Middle-class? Getting 50 grand to your kid? I think that's rich. Maybe. No, that's not rich. That's rich. No. You're just poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever then. <laughs> it's, not, it's not rich. It's middle-class. That's the sort of money a middle-class family should expect to have in the bank. Metal Dave says, as someone who lives in South London... Just, just a quick thing there. Yeah, I know. It's really hard to drum up sympathy for a Labour voter they complaining the, about the house prices. Yeah, they picked the worst subject. Yeah, know. They didn't pick Mick, who's uh, you know, 29, has been working all his life, still knowing yeah, yeah. buying one. Yeah. You know, some, nor some northern plumber or something. I'd be like, oh yeah, he's getting screwed. 24-year-old Labour voter. I've only got 50 grand. <laughs> God, just... Anyway, go on. As someone who lives in South London, send help. Uh, seeing the rate of property <laughs> price increase in my locality is startling. My uh, parents' place cost 135 grand 20 years ago, and so the neighboring houses are now going for 650 plus. Though I have been saving a deposit, I have about 45 grand overall, and a slightly above average wage, and I'm actually further off from buying a property now than I was five years ago. This, this is what I've been saying to my parents, right? So in about 2000, they bought a new build in Cornwall for 100K. Right. Really nice four bedroom house, beautiful house, um, and now it's worth somewhere between three and four hundred, I think. Right, and I've been saying, look, they might as well have not worked. They made more money on the house. Well, what? Well, well, this is the thing. It's like, look, you know, you're all the way down in Cornwall. We don't have kids there now because obviously, me and my sister in that in intervening time have grown up and moved out. Uh, you have grandkids a bit further up the country. Sell it, buy a bungalow for half the cost, or you know, how much, and then you know you've got two hundred k up. 
Andrew only an hour away to see the kids. Yeah? And for some reason, my dad won't do it because he likes the environment. It's like, okay, but make the most of it now. You know, like I mean, you know, I don't, I, we don't need to inherit. Right? Give me a sir, play the long game, Carl. Wait for him to die. I don't. Yeah, I'd rather him be up here now. Though, you know, but I don't need the money. And my sister can go without. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, you're not wrong. I mean, it's actually insanity. Um, I mean, we've spoken about the generational problem and the bank mum and dad becoming the solution. We read some Telegraph article that was like, yeah. all these yeah. all these millennials relying on the bank of mum and dad. I was like, why? Because they that? don't have any wealth. Yeah. And uh, the house price meant that the boomers have an incredible amount of wealth if they have houses, of course. Uh, Ryan redacted. Said, yeah, but most of them do have houses. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. I'm just saying there, there is a percentage out there who don't. Um, sure. There's a rather sad case, actually, of a friend of ours. He, he lives in his house. Nothing spectacular. But right next to him, um, there's a family and they have rented forever because they had kids and another kid and another kids and they don't have the best paying jobs in the world so they just always ended up in that house renting lady who owns the house obviously has a couple of houses in Spain Yeah, no and doubt. they're well aware that they've worked all of their lives to pay for that old lady to have a couple of houses in Spain which is um, Mal was right Yeah, <laughs> about landlords <laughs> that's, that's well, what they get for having kids the dirty people yeah. how dare you try and save the country mm. But this is this is a real problem for the right though, right? Because it, like, it, I've seen comments even in our comment section has been like, "How isn't this communism?" It's like, no, this isn't communism. You know, suggesting foreigners need to go. Is that communism? <laughs> Maybe it shouldn't be twenty times the average wage to buy a house. Is not communism actually? Uh, it's actually uh, prudentialism. Mm. Is it prudent to allow your children to be dispossessed from the land they're meant to inherit? Surely they're supposed to own some of this land. Mm. And it's actually very traditionalist to want your kids to own something. <laughs> That's why, if they don't, then leave. Then they arrive in yeah. communism. I really do think the right needs to get away from like the kind of libertarian. Oh, the free types. market economics is dead. The market, yeah, I mean, the market has as much dis destructive capacity yeah. as as you know the, the communist revolution. What do you mean? London's been saved. Well, so I hear. Yeah, <laughs> I, put, I put this in a video to John Peterson. It's like, look, I I, I care about property ownership, not yes. the abstract of the free market. Yes. You know, property ownership is a real concrete thing, a relationship between a person and a particular place. Yep. You know, the free market is just this abstract non-reality. Yeah. And the free market is currently inhibiting your property ownership. I made the same case in the my premium article, What is Managerial Capitalism, which you should check out. Um, that private property ownership is a it's a fundamental you know, it gives you a skin in the game in oh, your yeah. society. If you're just a renter. Yeah. You know, you go anywhere, you're you're the sort of universal man, fungible economic unit can yep. be plucked out of here and put anywhere else whereas if you own brick and mortar here it's yours yeah. and moreover that that fosters a sentimental attachment to the place you're in it's, it's the it's the very bedrock of a sentimental attachment yeah what am i Ownership. supposed to be attached to yeah if i don't actually own something here yeah right? belonging yeah. Yeah. yeah there's also just something hilarious about it. you work in your life you get loads of money it's a big pile of cash 50 grand and you can't spend <laughs> what you wanted to spend it on. Mm. Physically impossible. The person's like, no, I don't accept that money. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, but it's a joke from the Soviet Union. Yeah. Towards the end, everyone ended up with loads of money, but nothing to buy. Oh, yeah. Because it's just paper. Yeah. It's yeah. actually yeah. Ryan Redacted said, I brought my house 22 years old. Two years ago, I have been working since I was 18. Worked my way up to a decent wage. Deposit of 17.5 thousand pounds. Got a two-bedroom end of Paris with a little garden too. That's brilliant. Live in a yeah, well coastal town and a community uh, commute to London if needed. Hearing people of my generation saying 50 grand isn't enough is mental. People need to look away from the cities, get your foot on the ladder, and then work uh, up to the place you want in future. I would have said yes, but that two years ago, mate, really did make a difference in terms of the interest rate. Um, I don't know if you've seen the graph. It's flat. Oh, yeah, yeah. It goes up. Yeah. So, and the demand as well. 
and it will go uh, further yeah. up as well. Getting out of the cities is just good advice in general, though. Yeah, you're definitely correct about that. Although I have to say, it's not it's not that easy. Because I mean, like, if you look at some of the um, sort of old, quaint little villages around Swindon, the house prices are insane. That was the last time a house was built in that village. Exactly. Right. And Rightfully so, because otherwise, yeah, don't get me wrong, you know. Uh, but the the house prices, you know, it's not that easy. And then and people are right to say it's not that easy. Uh, Lord Nerevar says, I'm resigned to my fate. I know I'll never buy a house, saddled with student debt for my useless degrees and stuck in an entry-level job. That will simply exist from now on. And there is there a lower level than a black pill where apathy takes over? That's me. Void pill. Yep. Just smile. Bob Slade says, uh, read the mortgages. All the facts and figures are based on a standard 25-year mortgage. Why not go for a longer one? Surely 40 years of paying off your own property is still better than paying rent for 40 years. That is depressing as hell, though. I mean, this is why when the government brought in the idea of a 100-year mortgage, yeah. <laughs> I'm not excited. Your grandchildren <laughs> can pay this mortgage off. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of the other responses from people to the lady were, why not just move to the north? Like, yeah, why not just abandon your entire family so you can raise your kids with no family support whatsoever in a land that is foreign to you, the people you don't really know that well. And, and regard you no as an job. outsider as well. To be fair, though, I mean, he's got a point. You may as well, you may as well spend 40 years paying off your own property rather than 25. But again, isn't that so British? Isn't that exactly oh, yeah, what I'm I mean, with? Yeah, well, maybe sure. if things were slightly worse, not better. Sure, but, but I mean... I'm, sick of, that. It, <laughs> I'm it, sick of our mindset. Sure, but if you're Lord Nerevar and you've got no particular way of doing anything about any of these systemic problems, uh, that is at least an... Oh, who wants to do that? that? That is at least an option to get you a property. Oh, hell with this place. No, I, I agree with um, Christopher Hitchens, not Christopher. Peter, Peter Hitchens? Yeah. Like Denethor. You see an interview. Which one? With uh, New Culture Forum, is it? No, the, um, people who don't know, Chris Hitchens fans, I imagine there's a fair few. Oh, the Chris Hitchens? Yeah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, his last interview ever before he died was with Richard Dawkins, and Richard managed to find the tape finally, and has released it. So if you like right. Christopher, Google it. I still maintain that Chris Hitchens would have supported Trump over Hillary. Almost certainly. Yes. From that last interview, there are little quips where he's like, well, the religious right aren't a threat to anything. So why are we scared of them? Great question. It almost renders all of New Atheism's activism totally pointless. Yeah, he kind of... You were, you were pushing on an open door the whole time. Ethelstan95 says, while I agree with the sentiment, uh, this is rightly the wrong subject. A relative lives in London. He could buy if he lived outside London, but does not want to sacrifice living uh, the living standard of low commute times and the social benefits of being young and in the city. I much prefer rural or coastal uh, villages, but each to their own. No way she could buy a house for 50 grand. This, uh, it's the age-old adage, everything has trade-offs. I'd love to have a 50k deposit saved. I mean, that's great, but I am just sick of our mindset, as I mentioned previously. Of um, Why don't you just accept your standing of living dropping? Well, I mean, like I said, I don't think we should accept the standing of living dropping, but there's yeah, literally but if you're going nothing to, move to, to another part of the country across from leaving your family and everything else. Why not just get on a plane and go somewhere else? Because frankly, your standard of living will be way higher, your future will be better off, and you're less likely to have your wages continuously cut by inflation. Like the old reverso Uno switch on the Somalians. Move there, colonize there. Afghanistan's lovely this time of year. No, but I'm sincere. And you know, why have the Poles gone back to Poland? Because this place is crap by comparison. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's falling apart. The only Everyone barrier is, you know, you speak Polish, but mm -hmm. uh, show English, they'll learn it. Uh, Le French can buy a second home. <laughs> I doubt they can. I doubt they can. How long can you own it before it gets burned by a They have had more immigration than us. I doubt they can buy a second. The mortgage rate problem is happening all over Europe. See? 
probably due to the combination of uh, lockdowns and Ukraine, cough, Nord Stream, cough on the side. Plus, the house prices in France are slowly going down. So you can actually buy one if you want a great deal. He's actually right. Is he? Yeah, I was recently in, I don't know how you say it, Lesson, just north of Le Mans. We used to own it. It's where the war started, the 100-year war. Oh, really? Good times. Anyway, we saw that beautiful, like almost compared to British standards, a mansion of a house. Yeah. 160 grand. The lesson. Beautiful, beautiful place. Old English um, connections as well. Hmm. So, yeah, you can buy one. Uh, Arizona Desert Rat says, so does she have a degree with a high earning salary to afford a mortgage? If so, is she working? The answer to either of those questions is no. She can't afford a house. Not in the UK, not in the US, not anywhere in the world. Yeah, she does need to do better than what she was uh, arguing was a good salary. She's on a hundred, what was about roughly 400 pounds more than minimum wage. But the thing is, when when her, when house prices were four times the average salary, yeah, she could have brought one. Yeah. Again, you're right. I, I, I think this is a real mindset problem, which is why I went through this, because I, I know I can play about houses. This is my real point about, I'm sick of the British modern mindset of managed decline. Yeah. And I kind of get it for my parents' generation of the decline of the empire and, okay, you know, uh. winter of discontent. Yeah. Since the 1990s, I think we can draw a line under it and go, no, I want something better and we need to stop destroying the country. Yeah. I had a conversation with my parents just recently, actually, where they, they used that age-old phrase, that's just how things are now. Oh, brilliant. And I was like, I'm oh, that's, that's okay a, then. That's such a negative <laughs> vision of the future. Yeah. Like, is that really what you want my generation thinking? Because no, I don't accept that. Honestly, before Tony Blair came in, we had an amazing country. Mm. We genuinely, like, you, you didn't even think about how great the country was until 25 years later. I'm just looking at going, oh my God. You know, like I, I was never afraid to walk anywhere. Like there was never any fear of going. Like I'd go to London as like a nineteen-year-old. Never think about it. Didn't think about it twice. Watch, no worries. Well, I mean, I don't wear jewelry, but like, uh, or watches. no. But I mean, like people who are into watches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you ever watch their channels? You, you never thought about it, right? Don't go to London. I never looked at the future and thought, "Wow, I'll never get a job that'll allow me to buy a house." You know, I never thought that. You know, there just wasn't excess pressure around. The the country wasn't falling apart. Like things seemed to be of a high standard. And the thing is, at the time. There was also this kind of positive cultural attitude towards Britain. Yeah. Like, you know, Blur and Oasis and like Cool Britannia. Yeah, yeah. You know, Austin Powers of all things. You know, like, like there was this genuinely positive attitude. Actually, Britain's pretty great. And uh, screw it. You know, we're going to be happy about that. And now it's just minoritarianism. The country's in decline. Everything's dangerous and scary. Everyone walks like this, yeah. you said, and has Every- the mind thought of maybe things won't be as bad in the future. Or this is just the way it is now. You've just got to get yeah. used to it. I, that mindset we it's need to just just eradicate so... from our heads because it is dragging us down. And I think even in voting times, people are like, oh, I'll vote for conservatives because it will get worse, but not that much worse. Oh. No, that's that not... needs to die. That that's... mindset is just, it's leading us to ruin. No, it, it, the, the thing about the conservatives, what we should be doing is uh, gleefully uh, waiting for them to absolutely get crushed by whoever crushes them. I don't care. You know, you are traitors to this country mm-hmm. and I want you destroyed. The Drew Doomhand says, if I had 50 grand in America, that would be a very nice down payment on a house. Yuppies or morons. Yes, but America is massive. Also, I had an experience recently because I was looking at house prices in the United States oh, yeah. to see what I could do. And I found one I could afford. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then I saw the same thing you saw when you visited. Made of wood. Yep. Ugh. I'm spending all that money on it. All I get is wood. Yeah. No stones. It's timber. Right. And the, the bit that terrified me even more, and I had never thought about it, you know, when you hear a story in America, children killed in drive-by shootings, the house was shot. Yeah. I never put two and two together. Makes sense now. Yeah. I'm not living in an American 
city with wood. It's gross. I, I don't shot. understand it. I just, well, no, it's not even that. It's like, this, this is literally going to last like 50 years. Yeah, it's all the <laughs> yeah. things. But the, I would not feel safe. I would, I would have to no. put not, I don't know, lead in the wood or something to keep out the bullets because I don't, I don't trust that someone isn't going to end up shooting you because I've still got that mindset about America. At least it means when the archaeologists go to America after the empire has collapsed, they will, not, will find no remnant of anything that was yeah, it's there. It's literally going to be like Sparta. <laughs> there was a, like, I think it was Thucydides who wrote, you know, future, in, in future generations, people will look at the ruins of Sparta and not believe that this was a world power mm. because it's just like four little villages. and no monumental architecture. It's just a couple of little villages. Yep. That's all America is going to have left. And the French Statue of Liberty. And the giant sphere now. Vegas. Oh God, yeah. What's that called? It's I terrifying. Dude, I think it's just called the sphere. I, I, I hate it. Comment in the chat there. Someone says, "Oh no, it's great because it means it can be rebuilt when it goes out of fashion." What? Oh no. That's the most modernist opinion uh, I've ever heard of. Fashion. Yeah. Uh, oh, fashion's the problem. No, but again, it's another one of those mindsets. I just yeah. I used to go. That's but why like, you don't build beautiful houses. But this, no, but this is like literally, it's just the current year argument. And any appeal to fashion is an appeal to the current year. Appeal to the eternal reality of tradition, capital T. Well, appeal to something that's lasted more than 25 years. Yeah. Appeal to Bath. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. Literally. <laughs> but like, we've got buildings in this country that are still in use that are older than the United States of America. That's a good yeah. thing. You know, that's a really good thing. And they're, they're adorable. Mm. Anyway. Pubs, literally. Yeah. yeah I mean, actually, you know. So uh, the letter M is for mortgage, says, is there a greater than 0% chance that Hollywood is striking to distract from the sound of freedom? No, this strike was going on before. That. Yeah. I mean, you do have to ask, whenever the mainstream media are covering a story on, at scale, you do have to wonder what they're not talking about. Sure. But I don't think that's the reason. No, because they, they've talked about the sound of freedom plenty. But yeah. like, oh, look at this weird anti-child trafficking film. Yeah. Don't we hate this, fellow leftists? It's like, yeah, a strange reaction. You? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, Rickard Just Call Me Rick says, do you hate teachers? Oh, yes, I do. And I am a teacher. <laughs> Most teachers are insufferable ideologues who make life hell for the few of us who do our best to stay sane in this profession. And don't get me started on headmasters. Summer break is pretty neat, though. Greetings from Hellscape, Sweden. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, like you say. I hate teachers. They yeah. get like two months off during the summer. Yeah. Screw you. Um, SH Silver says, Carl, what is free about our markets? Is it free when government gives benefits to megacorps and foreign financiers in their ability to scoop up property and other assets? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, I do tend to, I agree, you know, we talked about the managerial but, revolution. So the, well, I can answer this. Right? So the, the, the issue is the, it is actually the freedom for someone outside of the country to buy something within the country. Yeah, that is the free market. That's the main problem with the free market that I yes. But Obviously, I'm not in favor of the government siphoning money to bribe corporations to do things or whatever. Um, but the, the problem is there's no particularism with transactions in this country. It's really, really annoying. Yeah. And I don't think that the country should be bought up by foreign billionaires. But again, it's just this just pure rationalistic view of economics yeah. where everything is just a fungible unit, yeah, yeah. just a market actor. Um, you and, and, they, and, and but moreover, then it becomes literally just the entire country. The purpose of it is just line go up. Yes. Like, and no, I don't. I don't care. I don't want the line to go up. Actually. Yeah. I don't care if it does or it doesn't. I just want my son to be able to buy a house. Yeah. Too much. Anyway. Fascist. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Baker. Fascist. Yeah. You and Baker says actors protest don't threaten me with a good time. Yeah. Well, exactly. Again, is it really a bad thing when people creating subversive material that destroys our civilization? No. Strike. Of course yeah. it isn't. Like they are literally a net negative on our civilization. Yeah. 
<laughs> Could you imagine? Just Kimberly Crenshaw and all of MSNBC go on strike. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. Oh, oh. Uh, Drew Doomhand says, teachers and nurses, the ones who screeched at me for not getting vaccinated and not wanting to stay locked in my home, the ones yeah. who want to brainwash children into their ideology. Do I hate teachers and nurses? Maybe I do. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Again. But again, I'm, I'm talking about the normie, you know, Joe Normie. When, he, when you say, yeah. when you oppose teachers and nurses, you can, you can understand how that looks, right? Maybe uh, I'm beyond caring. <laughs> well, okay. so the thing is, like, I, I, I genuinely hate those TikTok videos. Oh, the dancing ones. nurses. Yeah, I just yeah. hated it. It's like, okay, you're not busy. Mm. You know? And they, they, they clap for the NHS stuff. And so I, yeah. I can't stand the cult of it. Psyop. You know. Yeah, X, Y, and Z. Here's an idea. Stop being the hospital service for all comers who show up from all points of the earth. Yes. Might make resources go further. Right. God. Yeah. It's, I mean, it literally is. It's not the National Health Service. It's the International Health Service. Mm. I hate it. Like, there's just... Oh. Yeah. Um, Ethelstan95 says, I am sick of people who advocate for public monopoly services like the NHS also complaining about low pay. Yep. Either accept that public budgets restrict the amount of earnings or support privatization and competition of wages. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. I'm I'm totally up for whatever the government was taxing me. Just give me it back and I'll pay for the private service. Yeah. I'm totally up for this. Baron von Warhawk says these people ruined Star Wars, DC Comics, and Indiana Jones while also being pals with Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Hollywood Delenda S. I yeah. did enjoy Ricky Gervais's little speech at the Golden Oh, Globe beautiful. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, someone online says, let Hollywood execs and the creepy actors and terrible writers drag each other to the bottom of the sea. And yeah. Big Ed says the strike to watch out for is that the UPS contracts last day is 31st of July and at this rate they will likely go on strike. Okay. But the Amazon delivery guy is going on strike. That's the thing I need well, to know. Yeah. <laughs> you consumer. Well, I'm not consumer. It's just that that's literally the only place I buy things from anymore because the service is just better than everything else. Yeah. Convenience trumps yeah, everything, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just like, okay, well, I, I actually, if I need something, I've got to get it from Amazon. Like, unless it's less than a pound. <laughs> yeah. Plenty yeah. of pound shop. Poundland's always open. Yeah, that's true. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. George Hap says, oh, no. How will we manage without the groomer teachers and the cultural vandals of Hollywood? They should strike for a couple of decades until they get what they deserve. Yeah. I see Silver says, uh, there's some missing context on your understanding of this law, Carl. Uh, Canada's recent regulation also forces these websites, if they're operating in Canada, to promote a majority Canadian-based news uh, over other sources to Canadians. They're essentially creating a Canadian intranet. I did know something about that, actually, and I forgot to put it in. Mm. So just assume it wasn't true, because that sounds mad. Yeah, it does sound mad, but no, I think they are doing that. They're also, they, they want to siphon off um, a sort of ring fence, uh, a portion of it for Canadian indigenous people. Uh, capital I, I noticed, yes, by the way. They're, yes. they're creating that sort of, yes. it's the same as the capital B black he, thing. He is right, yeah, yeah, he is right. I should have, I should have mentioned that. I was more thinking about the uh, the power struggle between the Canadian government and Silicon Valley. It's just amusing how the Canadian government's going to lose. Mm. Like, governments are actually not very sovereign anymore. Yeah. This is the world that they agreed to. So what are you going to do? Uh, Grant says, there is essentially only one Canadian news company that is exempt from this because they do not qualify as a news company under the bill. And for some reason that I don't fully understand, you guys hit it intuitively, Rebel News. Yes, I knew Rebel News wouldn't. because The actual news site. Yeah. Yes. But again, just pure friend enemy. Yeah, it's, yeah, no, no, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. I, I'm not like a big Schmittian type or anything. Mm. That's clearly a description of reality. Yes. It's accurate. You know, it's obvious. Uh, Chet says, my country of Canada has become a dystopian nightmare. 
The government has censored the internet. They have debanked some of my friends protesting. They have fired thousands of healthcare workers and made it in law uh, where in BC where doctors, nurses, and paramedics can face six months in prison and £200,000 fines, dollars, sorry, fines for saying things that are misleading or misinformation. We have carbon taxes brought in earlier this month and 15-minute cities are coming to effect real soon. Hey, man, you forgot that uh, the government killing people is one of the leading causes of death in Canada. Sixth most common last yeah. I checked. 10,000 people a year are euthanized by the government. It's just, it's mental. It's absolutely mental. But uh, this is what you get. Drew says, every time I hear or see a sock dem making plans to tax or charge the rich or massive corporations, I always ask, what happens when those rich corpos leave? And my favorite response so far has been, we don't need them anyway. Well, uh, this is exactly, I'm, I'm sure it was Milton Friedman who did a thing on uh, because he was just literally like, you say you can tax the rich, but they'll leave. And this is exactly what has happened. You know, we'll just shut it down. And they're like, right. It took a week in Australia for them to be like, please come back. Mm. Uh, yeah. Omar says, nobody ever accused socialists of having too much foresight. Uh, the companies are providing a service. And if you make it not worth their time to provide that service, they'll just stop doing it. They'll do the same with taxes and wonder why they've received less tax this year. Idiots. Yes. Isn't that called the Laffer curve? something like that yeah i think yeah. so yeah um lord nervar says what else could we expect from shake justin trudeau even more terrifying is that biden's handlers are trying to in the u.s as well we have to be properly careful now um i don't know how it'll work in the u.s because of first amendment actually mm. so um i don't know what the options the u.s have there probably probably be fine for them to be honest uh, Dan says, it is with a heavy heart I'll be emigrating with my family from England to the <clears> USA. <throat> I can give them a better life there. I hope I live to see these difficult times past. Well, don't forget, the USA is also on a downward curve. So, uh, I mean, you know, it's better than it is here. Compared to us. I'm not saying it's not better there. It's definitely better. Yeah, but also the future prospects. I mean, it's like we've been over GDP per capita since 2008. The UK is just a flat line. Yeah. Like, um, I think the Germans are very similar. Whereas the Americans just, they went down for a year and then just skyrocketed through it. I was like, okay. All right, then. The temptation to leave is very understandable. I mean. So even with all the American problems, they're able to just punch through things. Mm. And, um, well, there's also, I don't know if you saw the news, um, Ben Wallace, do you remember him? He's stepping down, isn't he? He was the defense minister. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did a lot of my things for Ukraine, got them a lot of weapons, a lot of missiles, endlessly. There was even a prank call where he was asked for even more, if you remember Oh, that. I do remember, yeah. yeah. And um, then a couple of days ago, he came out and said, well, not Amazon, because he was sick of them, because mm. they just kept asking for more and more. And uh, upon making that statement, he's now going to step down. He's very sad. He's had enough of this. Sure. And he's leaving. And as he's leaving, he just published an article that says, by 2030, we will be at war, the UK, with the Russians and the Chinese. And some form Sorry. of terrorists in Africa. The, the way you said that, by, by 2030, we'll be at war with the UK. It's like, oh, will we? Will we? <laughs> That's the way out. Welsh Taliban begins. It's just like, okay. Um, so, I mean, with all the people and none of the food, um, like at least the United States has a, well, more food than it even eats. Oh, yeah. And even foul fat there. Well, they've got vast amounts of farmland. So they're, they're a food exporter, whereas the UK, I mean, they're just strategically um, far more vulnerable. Well, we can only. We can only support half the population that we've got with domestic farming. Well, you know so, what we can do to fix that? Import more migrants. Uh, all I'm saying is skyscraper Somalis by 2050. 
<laughs> by 2050, every single Somalian on Earth will live in, in England <laughs> and also in the cloud cover. Okay. Server departy is promising that by <laughs> next year, Somalians will make up 40% of the population. No Somalian. Not 45, because we're not Labour. <laughs> no Somalian on my watch will ever see the ground, okay? Caymans, <laughs> <laughs> Claire says. Forget the drive-by shootings. It's the termites you need to watch out for in the US. Ah, oh, that's a great point. Didn't even think about it. I never really understood that reference either. Yeah, because we don't have termites here. And we build out of brick. So they get termites and then the whole house gets eaten. Yeah. Ugh. It's wild. Luckily, the house costs $25, but... Which is a brick house in the US, though. That must be... I mean, is that your king of the castle? Yo, he's got a brick house. Probably, yeah. I bet it's all like New England stuff. I bet it's only in like New England. All in Maine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not in the Northeast. Where the English actually for sale. I love I got to specify. You'd never have that. You never write in England. Just a brick house, please. I don't know how I'd get a wooden house in England. Uh, Omar says the Hollywood's writer strike is AI versus NPCs. Uh, that's a great point. That's a great point. Uh, it makes little difference where the laugh at corruption of my entertainment comes from. Yeah. Um, Alexander says I love Callum's face. While there's Carl claiming giving your kids fifty k is middle class. No, Callum is correct. It's rich, not middle class. No. Rich people give them an entire house. True. I think we have different definitions of rich. Yeah, yours is wrong. My idea of middle class is they've got Sky and they can afford it. Yeah, that's wrong. Whereas then there's poor people working who've class also people, got Sky but can't afford work, it. Yeah, working class people have Sky. And can't afford it. Middle class people have Sky and can afford it. Yeah, but they also have a pool of wealth in the bank. I'm not even I looked up brick houses in Maine. I can't find a single brick house. It's all really me wood. Look at that. Look at that. You would. It's shed. Look at that. 600K. For, for something that looks like a Red Dead Redemption. It literally just made of wood. Look at that. It's like a treehouse. Oh, yeah. I'll, put it, I'll say it to John now. That so is hard point to point and laugh at the filthy Yankees and your wood obsession. $600,000 for a treehouse. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Things are bad here, but. <laughs> But it is, I mean, just Americans are the funniest <coughs> on earth for these kinds of reasons, which is, I mean, every, you'll think they're just like you, and then they'll point out that their fridge is the size of a house compared to a British one. Or, it's the same with Canadians, though. They're like, oh, we're just like you, and then they'll have a bag of milk. <laughs> so what is wrong with you? <laughs> we are not the same. <laughs> so they, they, Dan told me the other day that they've got mailboxes in the United States, and if you want to send a piece of parcel, you put it in your box, and you just flip it up, right. and the mailman will come by and open the mailbox and take your parcel. I mean, that sounds great. That look, is, I've never heard How that. is this worth 600K? It's made out of wood. It also doesn't look that amazing. I mean, on the outside, it looks a lot worse than the inside, to be fair. But. Well, it looks great, to be honest, but it's wood. Like, how much is that in Finland? I feel like, because it just seems like a Finnish house to me at that point. But also, I can see that, I mean, that looks terrible from the outside. There's some water, I guess. Um, they've got water look, in there. On the outside, though, that's awful. Maybe it's to keep out thieves. Oh, well, yes, yeah. Gold. Yeah. It's not, but... Keep out Bigfoot. <laughs> anyway, we're out of time. Um, if you'd like to buy a wooden house, um, don't get ripped off. The United States is a place for you. Um, if you don't... If you want to buy a brick house and get ripped off, come to London. And if you want to buy a brick house and not go into poverty, go to France, I guess. That's uh, my experience. But, you know, keep a gun. Otherwise, um, low seas.com exists. Or... Um, well, don't. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow. Bye-bye.